1 Peter chapter number 1. 1 Peter chapter number 1 this morning, continuing right along. And um, last week, Brother Jay did a great job. I listened to his message Sunday morning and Sunday night. Sounds like he just took one message and split it up into two and gave you half in the morning and half at night. And then it was great to have his kids. And I on Sunday night, I don't know, Joe, I think it was like one of the best jobs you've done with the live. Well, I don't, I don't ever listen to the live stream, so I guess that's one of the reasons there. But you could hear Jay and his family. You could hear the kids all singing, and you could hear you in the audience. And so it sounded great together. I was having a time on, I was doing, a, I was running through the fields of Minnesota, and it was so humid there. You know, we complain about, it is hot here, okay? I know I got home yesterday, it is hot. But at least we don't have the humidity on top of it. The humidity makes it so much worse. And then my in-laws, there's no air conditioning in the house. And so the, the, first, the first day when we got there, we got up to our room, the upstairs room that we're staying in. And I put a window fan in, and it just was blowing hot air. And it's like, oh, no. Oh, no. You know, the hotels, the, we, the air conditioner was cranked, so it was good on the way there. But that first... The first three nights were like, actually the first night was, was okay. The second night, it was cool, so the air felt good. Then the third and fourth night in the house, it was just hot. It was like, oh, I don't know how they've done it all these years, suffered for the Lord. My father-in-law is too cheap is what it comes down to. But anyways, he's like, I just don't know how I would have put air in this house. I'm like, you have a basement, you have an attic. You got the outside, I could have done it for you. I could have figured this one out. You, got, you figure out what you can to get air into a house. But anyways... We had a great time there, but the humidity, but everything was green. Everything's green and humid, or everything's dead, and it's just hot, and by the after, a lot of days we get some, it gets a little cooler in the evening, so just praise God for where you are. It, sometimes the grass always looks greener when you're someplace else. The thing you got to remember is the grass will be green wherever you water it, so that's a good thought to remember there. And so this morning we are in First Peter chapter number 1. On Wednesday night, too, as I preached at the church there, the pastor told me, after I found out three minutes before the service I'm preaching, he told me as I'm getting up to preach, he's like, oh, yeah, I normally get out in about 25, 30 minutes from now. I'm like, okay, good. So I didn't know I was preaching, and I got 25 or 30 minutes. So after 40 minutes, I ended my message, and we were in great shape. And so First Peter chapter number 1, I'm going to read verse number 6 through verse number 9 this morning. And look at these thoughts from the Word of God. It tells us there in 1 Peter 1, verse number 6, Wherein ye greatly rejoice, though now for a season of need be, ye are in heaviness through manifold temptations. That the trial of your faith, being much more precious than of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto the praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. Whom having not seen, ye love. In whom, though now ye see him not, yet believing, ye rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory, receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your souls. What a few verses we've read this morning. And we're going to look at some thoughts here through this passage today. But you'll notice as we dive in, it says, wherein ye greatly rejoice. Then it says, though now for a season, if need be, ye are in heaviness through manifold temptations. I mentioned when we started this series three weeks ago that there was a lot of persecution on the Christians in Rome. And this area, to those that this book was written to, as we saw in verse number one, they're kind of a little bit out from this area. So 
Peter's probably expecting and knows that the persecution that's from Nero that they've got, it is headed their way. So he writes this letter to encourage them and to show them God's grace through the suffering and the trials that they experience. And this morning, as we look at our world today and where we're at with things around us, we need, we need this passage. We need the book of 1 Peter. Here it's amazing how something written 2,000 years ago could be so relevant for us even today. And this book will help us as we go through it to see there are going to be times of trials that come into our lives. But these verses this morning, they tell us how to rejoice in those times. Sometimes we'll read verses in the Bible, and we have a hard time with them, because how are we supposed to do this? In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. How am I supposed to give thanks for that bad news from the doctor? God, thanks for that news. Yeah, like we're really being serious about that. How am I supposed to give thanks for my loved one that passed away? How am I supposed to give thanks when I don't have the money to pay my bills? But the Bible says, in everything give thanks. Well, this passage before our eyes gives us a glimpse into how we can do that this morning. Let's have a word of prayer, and we'll dive in this morning. Father, we're grateful for today, and I'm so grateful to be back home today. So grateful to be in our church, and I love our church. I love the people in this church. And yes, it was great to get away and get to see family. It's good to be back and in church with your people this morning. I pray that you would guide us, that you would help us. Help us in this passage today to get what we can and help us today. We need you this morning. And I know my mind's a little tired from all the driving. I know I'm a little tired. But that doesn't stop you from working this morning. We need you. We need your help. We love you. We praise you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. About 2,500 years ago, in the book of Ecclesiastes, Solomon penned some words. I want you to see these words this morning as he talks about life and what life's all about. He says, Yea, I hated all my labor which I had taken under the sun, because I should leave it unto the man that shall be after me. You know, you look at it, your job, whatever you do, someone else is going to take over for you at some point. You can labor, 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 but there's going to come a day where you can't do it anymore, and someone else is going to pick it up and do it. And who knoweth whether he shall be a wise man or a fool? Yet shall he have rule over all my labor, wherein I have labored. And wherein have I showed myself wise under the sun? This is also vanity. It's empty life. A lot of life, it's empty. Therefore, I went about to cause my heart to despair for all the labor which I took under the sun. For there is a man whose labor is in wisdom and in knowledge and in equity. Yet to a man that hath not labored therein, shall he leave it for his portion. This also is vanity and a great evil. Look at this. For what hath man of all his labors, and of the vexation of his heart, wherein he hath labored under the sun? For all his days are sorrows, and his travail grief. Yea, his heart shall not take rest in the night. This also is vanity. We see life is full of sorrow. There's a lot of travail in life. This is what Solomon's saying. The Bible tells us the men is but of a few days, Right? And a lot of sorrow in that life and a lot of trials that come. And as we look here this morning, I want you to understand the Christian life is not doom and gloom. Yes, there are sorrows. Yes, there are travails. There are a lot of things that we go through in life, but I want you to understand it's not all doom and gloom. Some people might look at that and be like, well, what am I supposed to take from those verses in Ecclesiastes? There's a lot more to it. 
as we've looked at over the past several weeks, look back with me here in 1 Peter chapter number 1 and look back at verse number 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy hath begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled, and that fadeth not away, reserved in heaven for you, who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time, wherein ye greatly rejoice. You say, hey, Christian, what do we have to rejoice in? Didn't you just see what we just read about? His abundant mercy he's given to us? That lively hope that we have? The inheritance that doesn't fade away, that's reserved in heaven for us? The fact that we are kept by God this morning and that no one can separate us from God and his love, that is reason to rejoice. You say, well, how am I supposed to in everything give thanks? Look at all God has given to you. And give thanks to God for all he's given you in the midst of the trials that you face in life. We see, we learn something right here. That there are going to be trials. That life will get hard. But as we look at it, you can rejoice in life today because of all that God's done. The problem is when the hard times come, our minds get clouded by all the hard times. And it's like the clouds come and you can't see the sun anymore. And Oh yeah, the sun is still there. Those clouds just block it a little bit. And the trials of life may block out what you think of God for a little bit, but he's still there, he's still holding you fast, and you can rejoice today because of all that he's done in your life. We look at this passage today, and there's some thoughts I want to give you as we dive in. Number one this morning, we see that trials will come. Trials will come. No one ever said that the Christian life would be an easy life. Now, maybe someone lied to you and told you that, but that's not the case. Oh, I got saved, and I'm never going to have a problem ever again. Liar, 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 if someone told you that. That is not the case. The benefit of being saved is you have someone to go through the fire with you, and you're not going through it alone. Number one today, we see that trials will come. And as we look at this and we think about this, we see there in verse number six, it says... Wherein ye greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if need be, ye are in heaviness through manifold temptations. The trials that come. We see, number one, trials will come. Maybe right now you're in the middle of a trial in your life. Maybe right now everything's good, but I want you to know something today. Trials will come, trials will go, but then they will come again. That's what life is full of. As we think about this fact that trials will come, letter A, we see the fact that we should rejoice in our trials. If you spend enough time around some believers, you'll look at them and they just seem down all the time. Oh, I'm going through it. You don't ever see someone, I'm going through a trial. Have you ever seen anybody do it that way? I've never seen anybody do it that way. We have reasons to rejoice. We need to remember these things, as we've talked about already here this morning. But you've got to understand something. We as believers today, we have reason to rejoice. And praise God for the fact that we have reasons to rejoice. God has been so good to each and every one of us. The Bible tells us in Luke chapter 20, and verse number 10, And at the season he sent... 
that's not the verse that's supposed to be there. The verse that's is to rejoice that your name's written in heaven is the verse that's supposed to be there. It's probably 10-20. I probably reversed those. I tell you, I tell you, you go away for a little bit and you forget things, or you write a sermon. You say, when were you writing your sermons? A prepared pastor would have had his sermons written before he left. But no, when were you writing these sermons? On the way home this last week is when I was writing these. I had plenty of time driving down the road to think. I just didn't have my... And, and Nick, just so you know, I did not text you on my way home. I saw that right there. You got that text about, I think, about the Wednesday night service. So our, the messaging thing that I use, you can set it up the night before to send a text at any time you want. So that was set up beforehand. But I would have responded to you while I'm driving, and I wasn't going to respond to you then. So, yeah, Nick's like, you're texting while you're driving. And I'm like, I, am, well, I was not. I am looking at your text right now, but we're not going to talk about that part. And so we should rejoice in the fact that our names are written in heaven. And so rejoice in your trials. You say, why? Because of verse 3 through verse number 5. Because of the fact of his abundant mercy. Because of his living hope. Because of the inheritance that won't fade away, that's undefiled, that's reserved in heaven for us. The fact that we're kept by the power of God, it gives us reason to rejoice. Trials are going to come. We should rejoice in our trials. Letter B, salvation doesn't spare us from trials. It doesn't. The Christian who thinks that they got saved and then they're shielded from hard times. Have you read the Bible? Wouldn't that have been nice? Hey, Peter, wouldn't it have been nice for you to be shielded from all the trials of life after you got saved? It doesn't say that. It doesn't say that for Paul. It didn't end that way for Jesus. So why do we think we're so special sometimes? We think that we deserve peace. We don't deserve peace. Salvation doesn't spare us from trials. Trials will come. Who was this book written to? Believers that were spread out. And as we look and we think on these things, being saved is no hedge from trouble. Christians get sick. I know there are those out there that preach the health and prosperity gospel, but eventually they're going to die as well. Everyone does. That's a part of life, right? Everyone gets sick. Sickness comes, sickness goes. Everyone has money problems at times. Everyone has trials that they go through. It's a part of the Christian life. And salvation doesn't spare us from trials. The Christian walk, can, we can go through some deep, dark valleys. And then at other moments, we can be on mountaintops at the same time. And remember what Jesus said in John 16, These things have I spoken unto you, that in me ye might have peace. In the world ye shall have tribulation. Hey, Christian, may I just remind you today, in this world, you're going to have a tough time. But be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. You see, you can have peace through Jesus Christ in the midst of the tribulations you go through in life. We see that we should rejoice in our trials. We see that salvation doesn't spare us from trials. But let her see, everyone goes through trials. No one is immune. There's no vaccine you can take. Nothing to immune you from trials. And you don't get... You don't get immune to it from having a trial. There are more trials that will come. And I know sometimes Christians look and they're like, well, why is it that it looks so good for that person that doesn't know the Lord? But for me, I'm going through this. Everyone goes through trials in life. There's no one exempt from it. Now, maybe at this moment you're going through something and then your good friend is not. That is possible. 
but there will be times when you're good friends going through it and you're not going through it. Everyone goes through trials. It's a part of the Christian life. Don't fall into that trap thinking everything's always going to be perfect. God wants you to know that there's going to be battles. It's a part of the Christian life. We see, number one this morning, that trials will come. Now, this is interesting. Number two, trials can help us. Trials can help us. Say, Pastor, I just don't know about that one. Look at what the Bible says here in verse number seven. It says that the trial of your faith, being much more precious than of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found under the praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. Trials can help us. When we stop to think about this, when you think about letter A, the fact that trials, they attack our faith. Do you realize that? It says the trying, of, the trying of your faith, right? Isn't that what the passage says? Isn't it amazing how trials attack our faith? Satan wants nothing more than for you to doubt God. Remember Job? We sang that song. The songs were picked on purpose this morning. They kind of had a meaning with the message. I like being able to do that, and sometimes it works out just right. But Satan goes to God. Hey, you know the whole reason why Job is so good and why... And remember, God told, Job, God told Satan, Hey, look at Job. He's a good man. He fears me. He's a, he eschews evil. God liked Job and what he was doing. And Satan's like, Oh, you know, the only reason Job is this way is because of all the blessings you've given him. Look at all the kids you've given him. Look at all the cattle and all the land you've given him. He's a blessed man, and that's why he blesses you. I wonder if you were to take that away, if he's still going to bless you. Or is he going to, he's probably going to turn on you. And God allowed Satan to try Job. Say, God, allow, God allowed. Say, why would God do that? It is not your job to try and figure out why God does anything that he does. Because let me help you, you will never figure it out. God is God. His ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. So you will never figure it out. And so Job gets attacked. He loses in one day basically everything. His children, his cattle, he loses his servants, he loses everything. He's got him and his wife. And Satan's thoughts are, he's going to curse God. He's going to want nothing to do with God. And he goes out, he shaves his head, and he says those words, Naked came I out of my mother's womb, and naked shall I return. Thither the Lord gave, the Lord hath taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And what Job said is, I don't care what's happened, where I'm at in life, I still believe in you, and those trials in my life are not going to mess that up. Later on, he says, though thou slay me, yet will I trust in him. But trials, when they come, and a lot of times when they come, they're there, and they want to attack our faith. They want us to doubt the goodness of God. Satan wants you to doubt that God is good. May I just remind you, the Bible makes it clear, God is good. And he is 
only good, and he will always be good, and he's good all of the time. And Satan wants you to doubt, is God really good? Is God really there? Yes, he is. He loves you this morning. He's there. But the trials of our life, they tend to attack our faith. And we understand why. But you got to understand this letter B, that trials have a way of helping us grow. Your trials have a way of helping you grow. I've had people come to me, and they're pretty upset about whatever trial or whatever they're going through in their life. And then they're like, it seems like the same trial keeps coming over and over and over again. And I just asked the question, what is God trying to teach you that you're not getting? Because there have been times in my life where it seems like the same thing's on repeat over and over again. And I believe that God wants to teach me something. Trials have a way of helping us grow. We see that Peter in this passage uses how gold is refined. And we look there in verse number 7, it says that the trial of your faith, being much more precious than of gold that perisheth, You see that the trials we go through, they're more precious than gold. Gold, everybody like, anybody anybody not like gold? Everyone like gold? Now some of you might like white gold, but it's still all gold. That's just a coating anyways. But gold, you look at the economy and everything around, gold doesn't really change much in price. It seems like it's still pretty high, right? Gold is a precious metal. But the trials of our faith are more precious than gold. That's what the Bible says right here. And look what the Bible says. Let's keep reading there in verse number 7. It says, The perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto the praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. When gold is put to the flame, what happens? The impurities and the dross, they come out of the gold to the top. And they're able to take that out, and it makes it more pure. What that tells us about the Christian life is the trials that we go through, the fire we enter into, has a way to help us grow. Because this is the thing. Each one of us has a lot of impurities in us, right? Would you admit that this morning? We have a lot of work we need to do. And we have a long ways to go at it. I I got a long ways to get where I need to be. And not enough time to get where I need to be, honestly. When we go through the trial, just like that gold, you put it in the fire and the impurities rise to the top and you can make that gold pure. The trials that we go through have a way of helping us grow in the Lord. When we go through the furnace of affliction, it serves and helps remove things that aren't needed in our life to make us better equipped for the Lord. Say, I just don't know. It's what the Bible says right here. Trials are going to come. But trials can help us. But this is the problem that happens, Christian. Christians will do one of two things with the trials and the hard times in their life. They will get bitter or they will get better. That's what it comes down to. Your trial can help you grow. Your trial could also mess you up even more depending on what you let it do. That's why it's so important what we do with our minds, and we're going to look in the next few weeks about girding up the loins of our minds and 
some thoughts later on in this passage. But as we look here, trials have a way of helping us. Let her see. Let her see. Your trial and my trials in our life can bring God glory. Isn't that, what our, isn't that our whole goal? What is the goal of your life today? What is your purpose? Our purpose should be to bring praise and honor and glory to the Lord in all that we do. I think that would be a great purpose statement for every Christian. To bring honor and glory to God. Now, do we always do it? No, we don't always do it. Should that be our goal? It should be. After all the Lord has done. But as we look at this, try to bring God glory. We look there at verse number 8. It says, or at the end of verse number, might be found in the praise, honor, and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ, whom ye have not seen, ye love, and whom, though now ye see him not, yet believing, ye rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. And what, what Peter nudges us to remember is that we're not home yet. Hey, may I just remind you today, the Bible does say that all things work together for good. Let's look at that verse, Romans 8, 28. And we know that all things, not some things, not a few things, all things work together for good. To them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. You say, well, pastor, how is this going to be good? I don't know. I've had people come to my office, pastor, tell me how this is good said, I don't see it. But it's not up to me to see it. I know what the Bible says. And he promises that all things work together for good. He can turn your trial into something good. It can help you. There's so much that I could say in this area this morning. And you've got to understand this morning, you may not see it all today. You may not see it in this lifetime. Why did this have to happen? Or why did this have to be this way? You might not ever see it. But may I just remind you this morning that when we stand before God, He'll wipe all those tears away. He'll reward us for our walk with Him as we suffer. 2 Corinthians 4, verse number 17, For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. What a verse right there. Our light affliction. You say, oh, pastor, this isn't light. For you, it might not be. But it will pass. And what it does for us in the process is worth it. Because the Bible says so. See, these Christians, Peter just gets through explaining to them how wonderful the Christian life is. And he says... It could possibly be time that affliction's coming. You're going to go through some trials. Those trials, they're going to try your faith. But don't let them get you off course. Take the trials that come and let them make you better in the Lord. Because as we look at these things, the last thing I want you to see this morning is number three, the fact that God will see us through our trials. Verse number eight says, and you look at this, I love the end of verse number seven. It says, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. And look, so Jesus Christ, look at verse number 8. Whom ye have not seen, ye love. In whom, though ye have seen him not, yet believing, ye rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. Look at the end of verse number, look at verse number 9. Receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your souls. 
Hey, as we go through the trials of life, I want you to understand something. Trials are going to come. Each and every one of us is going to go through trials. In the midst of those trials, we need to rejoice in all that God has done for us to get us to the point to where we are. we got to understand that just because we're saved doesn't mean that trials aren't going to be there. And just because we're who we are, everyone goes through trials. But God will take those trials and God can use those to make us better. And as we think on those things, we see the last fact is that God's going to see us through. We see at the end of verse number 8, it says there the appearing, or verse 7, the appearing of Jesus Christ. And it talks about him, whom we have not seen, yet we believe in him, yet we love him, the Bible says. And at the end in verse number 9, it says, receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your souls. You've got to understand that God's going to see us through. He is with us. When we walk through the fire, he's going to be right there with us as we go through the fire, the scripture tells us. We think about Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before, the present, before me in the presence of mine enemies. My, thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Did you look at the first part of those verses? The Lord, he maketh me to lie down, he leadeth me, he restoreth my soul, he leadeth me. And because of that, I will fear no evil. And God's got things taken care of. And surely goodness and mercy are going to run after me all the days of my life. God will see you through the trials that you go through. The Bible tells us in Hebrews 13, verse number 5, Let your conversation be without covetousness, and be content with such things as ye have. For he has said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. You ever, as a young person or some point in your life, you have a group of friends and you're together and something bad happens. It's amazing how they all, they take off and leave you to handle the blame all by yourself. Right? Very rarely, hey, you very, very rarely do I have a friend say, you know what? You know, I disobeyed my parents or something and I was going to, here, I'll go with you and I'll face the consequences with you. They're like, nope, see ya, I'll see you later, have, have fun, bye. Do you realize, sometimes I think we think that way. We enter into a trial in our life, and we're like, oh, the Lord sees us, oh, I don't want to go that way, have fun, I'll see you on the other side, okay, I'll be there. No, the Lord comes right alongside you, and he says, I'm going to go with you. When you go through the fire, I will be right there, like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Oh, I see a fourth one in there, and he kind of looks like, the image is kind of like the Son of God. Yeah, he was right there with his children in the middle of the fire. He was with Daniel in the lion's den. He was with David when he faced Goliath, and he's with you today in all the battles that we face. That's why we sing songs, so when I fight, I fight on my knees. We need God. The battle belongs to him. you got to understand, he's not going to leave you, but this is where so many Christians are like, Pastor, I'm going through it, and the Lord, he's just not here. He's still there. He's never left you. He's right by your side. He's in you, right? You cannot lose him. He's going to stick with you through it all. 
We've got to understand those things and keep that in your mind. And the Bible tells us in 2 Corinthians 12, verse number 9, and he said to me, my grace, hey, Paul said, Lord, take this away. Take this trial away. He sought the Lord three times to take this trial away. And God told him no. And he said unto me, my grace is sufficient for thee. For my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, would I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. God said, Paul, I'm not taking it away. How many times do we go to God? God, take this trial away. I don't want to go through this trial anymore. But as the Lord told Paul here, hey, my grace is going to get you through. Hey, this book, 1 Peter, there's going to be trials that come. There are going to be fiery trials. And just as there were Christians in that day that Nero hung up in his gardens and lit them on fire and lit up his gardens with Christians, that persecution is probably headed your way. But I want you to know that God's grace is going to get you through. And church, this morning, trials are going to come and trials are going to go. And that's the process. They're going to come and go, come and go, come and go. And maybe they will come, 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 come before they go. We don't pick the order in what it is. Maybe you get five trials in a row. Or maybe you get one and you get a big break. We don't know how that works or why it works the way it does. But trials are going to come. Take that trial of your faith and let it help you grow in your Christian walk. And then don't forget along the way that Jesus is right there with you. And he's guiding you along. He'll lead you along. And as he leads you along, someday he's going to take us home to be with him. Where our faith will be made sight. Our salvation will be right before our very eyes. And we'll be able to sing as that one song says, it will be worth it all when we see Jesus. One glimpse of his dear face, all sorrow will erase. So bravely run the race till we see Christ. Father, I thank you for your word, and I thank you for the truths that are found in your word. You're so good to us.